Welcome to the England Rugby Pod. Thanks for downloading the first episode of Season 2. England are back in action following a dramatic exit at the 2019 Rugby World Cup Final, but the best is yet to come. You're listening to the England Rugby Pod, the rugby podcast that believes England will win the World Cup in 2023. Hey guys, uh, it's it's still us, we're back. Welcome to the England Rugby Pod. Uh, we've, had a, we've had some time off, we've had some reflection time, um, but we've decided, you know, Six Nations starts next week. It's, it's about time we uh, we got back on the airwaves and uh, and brought you some some thoughts and some some of our special brand of analysis. Uh, so, of course, I'm joined, as you'd expect, by Dan. Hi, mate. Hello, mate. Hello, mate. It was a, a dark few months, but it was uh, it was the time off. I mean, I've missed it. I must admit, I have missed it. But equally, after after the Final disappointment, which I, I don't mean disappointment in, in the England team, just a disappointment in result. I think I think we probably needed that time. We did, we did, we needed we needed that, that reflection time. But uh, there's been a lot of people uh, on on Twitter, particularly, uh, kind of calling for us to get back to our special brand of rose tinted, unfounded positivity where England is concerned. Um, awesome. I think, I think it's safe to say we don't plan to disappoint. Well, we don't plan to disappoint. I have a few questions that will seem negative but because we're going to be here throughout the six nations everyone's going to realize that my love and my commitment to england rugby has not wavered one inch if anything it's grown well i mean it's 2023 right that's that, that, <laughs> this is this is the the england rugby pod the rugby podcast that believes england will win the world cup in 2023 we've said it all along 100 percent. can i ask a quick question before we carry on please do. when we did when we did our christmas dinner was it either you or Luce? Lucy's Andy's wife, for those who don't know, who were, who was my secret Santa? Uh, I don't even know what you got, mate. So. I, I got the Eddie Jones autobiography. Ah, yeah, that was Lucy. Yeah, I, I, thought, I thought it. I knew, I knew it would be from you. I At the time, I couldn't bring myself to read it, but I started reading it now, and it's quite interesting. Oh, I've, I've not read it myself, but uh, I've, I've basically just gone completely off rugby for a few months. just to. But it's it's difficult to ignore what's going on now. Obviously, with Six Nations, we're going to get into that. Uh, there's been a few changes. We're going to get into that mostly next week once we really kind of get on with the Six Nations episodes. Today is more about just um, catching up on the last few months, setting the, the scene for what's to come. Um, and, uh, and yeah, I think, you know, we're on for a good, a good tournament. Um, probably important to point out now, we, we, we're not planning to do a weekly episode for the next four years. Um, I think we would struggle to to keep that up, um, and so let's not let's not make commitments now that we can't um, maintain. But we're definitely going to cover uh, the big tournaments, autumn internationals, summer tours. Obviously, there's a Lions tour coming up next year, so all the big all the big rugby events we're going to cover, um, and then obviously it'll be a case of slotting things in as and when they're needed, um, and and we'll see where things are uh, as we close in on that 2023 World Cup. But we are really looking ahead uh, to that one. Uh, yes, yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's about the here and now, and and right here, right now, it's all about Six Nations. And you know, as you say, despite a disappointing result in the final, um, you know, it was a, a hell of a World Cup campaign. I don't mind admitting that we were very nearly absolutely spot on about this England type England team. So here's here's my point. If if you look back at the World Cup, like you you have to say 
in, in theory, you have to say South Africa were the best team, but actually, if South Africa hadn't hadn't cheated, and you look and you look back on the World Cup fairly, um, you had to say England were the best team in that World Cup. Um, I, I, I don't disagree with you. I think it, people, you know, were England beaten by the better side? You know, did did the better team win on, on the day? For yeah, sure, on the day. But but I think I. I I mean that's a World Cup though. We we can't. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Like that's how yeah. World Cups are won and lost, and 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 that's ultimately what matters, and that's what the history books will say. But um, South Africa, South Africa utilised a, a very basic game plan that shouldn't have worked, but it did. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and you know, is that a worry? Uh, yes. It is, but it, as I say, it's, it's in the past now. It's, there's nothing we can do about it. Uh, there's certainly plenty of time over the course of the next four years to deal with situations and, and to, to kind of work out how do you deal with something like that. But yeah, bottom line is, and, and you know, you could argue that maybe maybe South Africa kind of went out and they had multiple game plans in mind and they tried the first one and it worked. So they were like, well, let's not fix it. So maybe they could, maybe things would have been different had England dealt with the scrum. But, you know, at that level and a World Cup final, you shouldn't have one team that can be that dominant in the scrum. And they were. Um, and, and, you know, that, that's the problem. And ultimately, that's, that's what cost England the World Cup. But in terms of kind of um, the sort of the, the, the complete game, who, who's the better team, who had the better squad, I, I would argue that England still... Um, and, and you know, unfortunately, it all went wrong on the day. It, it, it did go wrong on the day. Uh, South Africa, but South Africa deserved that win on that day. Oh, for, for, for sure, the way that they played sure. versus the way that England played. Uh, for so sure. not taking anything away from them, um, other than uh, the World Cup, um, because they cheated. Yeah, well, I mean, I mean, it, it was it was disgraceful. It was it was almost as bad as uh, like the Lance Armstrong doping thing within cycling. But yeah. I mean, I'm not sure uh, how they cheated, but you said they did, so I'm going with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I also haven't figured out how they cheated, um, but I'm sure I will <laughs> with enough analysis. But so we believe England are going to win the World Cup in 2023, hundred percent. Yeah. Um, but the here and now, the here and now. First question. Is Eddie the right man to lead us to 2023? Yeah, I, I think so. Uh, whether, he, whether he'll stick around. Because um, when's he, he's contracted till next year? 20, 2021, I believe. Um, I think it would be... I think it would be a mistake to bring someone in for two... I think, you know, you need, a, you need, a four, you need four years. You know, look what Eddie Jones did with a four-year campaign. He got us to a World Cup final where, because of the way that they, they played on the day... And, you know, he, he might have a, a part to play in the preparation. But the point is, is that despite all the criticism that came throughout the course of that four-year period, um, you know, he, he created a team that had highs and lows but peaked for a World Cup. And that's what you need. And I, I worry that if we have him for two more years and then we bring someone else in, you're only giving them two years to do that. And I think if you look at the Eddie Jones tenure, at the end of year two, England were on a downward spiral, not a, an upward one, having had a peak. So... So, I, hope, so, yeah. I hope that he he's that he's the man for the job to go all the way through, um, and I like what he did what he did with this England side, what he's done so far, and I think you know he's basically been given. When you consider how similar the team could look, you know whether it will or not, we'll we'll see. And he's obviously very good at finding talent, and there may be lots of changes between now and twenty twenty three. But you know the, the vast majority of the guys that made a World Cup final uh, last year could theoretically make the 2023 World Cup 
So you know, there's a, there's a lot of talent and and a lot of experience that he could be taking through the next four years, um, bolstered obviously by by the kind of clever little finds that he makes. So. Yeah, I think so. What about you? Are you do you feel the same? No, I, I 100% agree. I want Eddie to lead us to 2023. I think I think Eddie's a great coach. Even even with this squad, which we're not really going to go into to, today, we'll go in next week. But even with the squad, I still sometimes think, how have you left that player out? Yeah. But I I still have nothing but faith in Eddie, and I hope he is our coach in 2023. And I think, you know, the thing that we've probably learned over the last four years is that uh, Eddie Jones has, he makes decisions that we don't necessarily, and we've talked about it a lot, but makes decisions that we don't necessarily understand, but there is method behind the madness. Um, you know, whether that be leaving out a player, I mean, take Alex Don Brandt, for example, you know, huge, uh, amounts, yeah. of, huge amounts of speculation about whether he's going to make the England squad. He didn't. Lots of people going, what the hell's going on? I mean, do, do, we don't know what's going on there. Eddie might have said to him, I, I need you to keep getting game time. I, so I'm not going to take you to the training camp. But I'm not necessarily, you know, we, I mean, is the squad that's been announced, is that now set in stone? Or is that just the training squad and it'll, and the, the Six Nations squad gets announced this week? Uh, so, so that's the training squad. The 34 is the training yeah, squad. So, so we're going to see uh, potentially yeah. changes ne- this, this coming week. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't know how many leave. I, I can't remember how many go into. My, my brain is not as th- rugby focused. I think focused. it's thirty-one. I think you, t- you take a thirty-one yeah. man to the Six Nations. I mean, my my big worry again. We, we're kind of we're kind of digressing into talking about the Six Nations squad, which, yeah. as we say, we're going to deal with next week. But the big the big kind of missing link, if you like, with Billy being injured, seems to be the lack of a number eight. Um, yes, which is perhaps yes. where pe- people are even more surprised about the Don Brandt situation um, because it, it appears that he's going to have to play a flanker at the back. Um, is that a worry? When you consider that you know, we lost a World Cup final because we weren't physically uh, kind of on par with the opposition, to kind of intentionally... It, it's it's a surprise, but I heard an interview with Eddie, so I kind of get where he's coming from, saying without Billy there, you just have to change the whole dynamic of the back row. And you still need the carriers, but you look elsewhere. So I think we'll look... Um, so I, I think our carrying forwards will mainly look and be looking at the front five. And when you've got the likes of Mako, uh, you know, Marrow... Um, Carl oh, Sinclair. Sinclair, Genji, like any of them. Yeah, I think true. that's where he'll look at the carrying and the back row. He'll be looking at a very different dynamic. I am still surprised by it, but I, like I say, there's always decisions that have amazed me, like the Don Armand saga yeah. that's gone on for years. That Danny now, Cipriani. Yeah, the, the Danny Cipriani, all that, that hasn't yet. Eddie's produced an incredible team. I am going to say this now. England are the best rugby team in the world at yeah. the moment. In Eddie, we trust. We do trust. We do trust. But, right, I'm, I'm now going to play devil's advocate for a bit. So, we've had Brexit. We've had Mexit. Now we've got Sexit. So, Saracens have been kicked out of the Premiership. Now, I have done a bit of maths here. And I reckon with Saracens, if you look at, the main England players for Saracens and then players in Saracens who are on the fringe, there are 17 Saracens players who can be talked about within the England squad. 
That's 17 people. They are now going to leave. That what They're going to leave the Premiership. Whether all those players leave Saracens, we don't know. So 17 players who you can talk about in the same breath when you're talking about England are there. So having come out of the World Cup as arguably the best performing team and looking the best in the world, uh, you've got 17 Saracens players. That's surely going to affect this Six Nations, is it not? Is this Six Nations too early for it to have an impact? Possibly, arguably. Okay, so, Jeremy, at- are we going to see these guys come out and perform based on the fact that they haven't gone down yet? Yeah. Um, and and obviously, in the case of Saris, prior to the most recent announcement, they thought that they were just going to get away with, with starting from minus 34 points or whatever it was. So they've obviously been playing hard to make sure that that didn't happen and it looked like that was going to be the case. Um so, so I would argue that it's probably, you know, yes, yes, the announcement, there's a psychological thing and maybe that has an impact. But in terms of what not playing in the Premiership is going to do, we're not going to find out at this year's Six Nations. Uh, if they all stay with Saracens, I don't see how they stay with Saracens because let's not forget that they've still got to deal with the salary cap issue and the salary cap's lower in the Championship. So I don't see how it's possible unless all the players say, yeah, we'll take a massive pay cut. Yeah, I, I knowing, some knowing that the following year, if assuming they come back up, which I'm sure they would, they would then still have to have, have, be on a pay cut. So I, I can't see them all staying. Um, but I, 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 think, I don't think it's going to play a part. No, I think a lot will go out on loan, do what a um, why, why am I forgetting names? Uh, the, 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 whatever the, <laughs> he hasn't been picked in the England squad, the back row, the Newcastle guy who's absolutely immense, Mark um, Wilson. Mark Wilson, yes. Yeah. So, sorry, yeah. sorry, Mark Wilson. You're an awesome player. Um, but he, like on loan sale this year, going back to Newcastle next year because Newcastle will come up. I suspect a few will do that. Yeah. Um, I mean, they're still going to have to deal with the salary cap issue. Although, actually, it's not their salaries that's the issue, is it? It's it's the investment in their private businesses and all the, all the rest of it. We won't go into it today. But um, So it's it's not just you know what they get paid in as salary. It's the rest of the agreement. Um, yeah. Which is, it, it, I, yeah, exactly. That's not good because it's it's hard to navigate it all. But I mean, I did, clearly... I did read that um, there's a number of French teams who are obviously putting the feelers out, and I did read that they would they would invoke the extraordinary circumstances clause in the you can't play for England if you play outside England um, because of this situation. So we might find that some of them, even if it is on loan, go to France. Maybe yeah, they'll yeah. Be, maybe they'll be like, go to France, earn a shit ton of money to make up for what you're not going to get when you come back. Well, yeah, it, good, good for you. And and actually, like you say, this Six Nations might be might be a bit soon. I suspect there'll be a lot on loan. I suspect there'll be some other deals going on. Some who perhaps only sign one or one year contracts elsewhere, and then maybe look to come back. But they will need to get rid of some of. Yeah. Some players and and some will go for sure, but I mean that's I mean, fine. It might be great for the Premiership because you know you're spreading some of that talent out. I mean, how that impacts England will remain to be seen. Um, but it's I, I, don't forget the other the other thing is that this is this is a post World Cup Six Nations, and they're always quite interesting ones because everyone's making wholesale changes. England probably making some of the least changes, um, which is probably one of the main reasons, apart from the fact that they're the best team in the world. Why? Why they're the bookies' favourite, um, but lots of wholesale changes being made. You know, it's very unlikely that all these changes are just going to gel on day one. 
um, you know, and and ultimately we judge we judge teams on performances. So it sometimes it's easy to kind of to, to miss what impact these things might be having because the team's winning. Um, do, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so so yeah, yeah. You know, England go out and and you know win a Grand Slam, and everyone's saying, oh look. They're absolutely fine, but maybe their opposition it was massively under par compared to the previous Six Nations, for example. Well, I I, th- I think England still have a good chance, but again, so say a lot of wholesale changes. I mean, if we look at England rugby, the two major changes with England rugby is coaching wise. So we've had yeah. uh, Matt Proudfoot come in as forwards coach because Steve Borthwick will be joining up with Leicester. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I believe that's after the Six Nations. I'm not entirely sure. Um, I don't know enough about Matt Brownford to say. I mean, I know he was part of Razzy Rasmus' uh, South Africa team in the forwards, so that can't be a bad thing. Well, exactly. Um, <laughs> that's great. But the one I really, really like is Simon Amor, the old England Sevens uh, coach in England Sevens play, coming in as the attack coach. I think that's brilliant. Yeah, I mean, I... <laughs> It'll be very interesting to see what he does with a team that I felt had become a real attacking threat, uh, as yes. they showed against yeah, yeah. New Zealand in the semis. Um, so you know, it, it wasn't. It's not like England were were kind of desperate for some sort of inspiration in attack because they it didn't exist. You know, they they're already a strong attacking side. Um, so you know, the forwards is where I think. You know, great. I don't know much about about the the, the selections that have been made, but you know, great that we've got someone coming in who who can offer that sort of that sevens edge uh, in attack. But actually, we've got guys who can do a job there already. They need quick ball, um, and that comes from the forwards. And so it'll be really interesting to see whether, as you say, you know, look at what South Africa were able to do to England in the final. Um, you know, up front, if if. If he can get anything like that out of an England pack and turn them into a really dominant, um, you know, front eight, um, win England a lot of ball, then we get to see what the boys can already do out back. Um, uh, you know, but certainly I have no objection to improvements. Yeah, I know. I think it's good. I think Proudfoot, like you say, with the pack, I think that's huge. <laughs> Simon Amor, our attack is brilliant, but I think adding him will just add that extra dimension that can just a bit of spark. Because Simon Amor is attack, attack, attack. He's a seventh player for him, for a great seventh player. Good, great seventh coach from what I see. I don't know enough about seventh, but from what I've seen. So I think they're brilliant appointments. Uh, Steve Borthwick going off to Leicester as head coach. Yeah, I kind of get it, but I don't don't think it's a bad thing to have a change. I I think Steve Borthwick's done a great job. Yeah, um, and, and you know he's obviously worked closely with Eddie for a long time. Yeah. Um, so I'm sure it'll be disappointing to have him go, but it makes makes sense. And like you say, he's he's going over there as head coach, and that's that's a hell of a step up. Yeah, exactly. F- future England coach? Who? Steve Forfoy? Yeah. Uh, not yet. Not, no, no, no. Future. Future. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. As in, I can't see it yet. As right. in, I, I appreciate not yet. Um, I, he needs see to prove himself with a really shit lesser team. Uh, so, so that's that's another point I wanted to bring up, actually. So, looking at the Premiership, so then this is going to be my last bit of negativity. But <clears throat> something looking at the Premiership at the moment, typically the England team has been picked based upon teams who are within the 
top top four, top five. Well, Saracens would be if it wasn't for points deduction, but they've got their own stuff going on, which yeah. we've mentioned. But then Leicester, Quinns and Wasps. Sorry, mate. Sorry, I don't mean to mug of Quinns. Sorry, mate. Um, but Leicester, Quinns and Wasps are actually doing pretty, pretty poor right now. Mm-hmm. So if it hadn't been for Saracens, you've got to look at Worcester down as very potential um, relegation suspects if it hadn't been for the Saracens doing that. And within that, you've got Wasps, Quinns, Leicester, Saracens. So you've got those four teams. The current England squad of 34, 16 of them are from those four clubs. Yeah. So 16 of them are at either underperforming clubs or a club that is in just the weirdest position in English rugby ever. But is, is that, could that potentially have a, have effect on the England team? Well, it's, I, it's an interesting one because because you know this isn't they they, they were performing bad they've performed pretty pretty badly over the last couple of years. What um, are we talking Leicester here? Or? Well, just all of those teams. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, uh, Wasps, maybe not bottom of the yeah. table, but but yeah, but, that, that's you know, maybe not lived had, up to their reputation. Yeah, I mean, what Wasps had a had a poor, you know poor starts maybe, and then they kind of come back and and you know they're very solid middle of the table teams, but they haven't looked they haven't looked sensational for a long time, and yet you got an England side heavily dominated by players from these teams who step it up. So it, it almost feels like a lot of these players are they're able to to kind of separate club and country. Um, and I don't know well, whether it's just that they gel better together as an England team than they do in their club sides. I don't know whether it's the it's it's you know maybe following a World Cup, they're away from their clubs for a long time. That that obviously that's something to bear in mind. Um, so they've been away from from the clubs for for prolonged periods of time with training camps and then the World Cup itself. Does that does yeah. that Im- does that impact? You know the the performance of those sides. Um, should should it be the case now that they're all back together again? Um, I don't know. It's a difficult one. Um, but again, I think we just need to see. We just need to, to see things kind of settle, don't we? And we need you know we we need to get the Six Nations done, um, and then see where things go. We need to know what's happening with with Saris. You know, are a lot of these teams thinking? Well, hold on, all of these top world class players who are clearly not going to go and play in the championship are they about to come and take my job? Because there's that to consider as well. You know, it's not just it's not just France who can make bids on these players. If they have to go elsewhere, um, you know, you could have a number of these other teams, especially you know the, the struggling size Leicester, Quinns, Wasps. If they start taking uh, players from Saris, whether it's on loan or permanent, the people who are currently in those positions are going to be going. Well, that's my shot gone. So, what does that do to a to an England camp? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, so it's good. So, I mean, I said that as much as a devil's advocate because if you look at Leicester in the World Cup, George Ford was one of our best players in the yeah. World Cup. He was absolutely spectacular. So George Ford's Matt a bit of an anomaly anyway, though. Don't forget because because he's one of those players that, despite Leicester's poor form, he he still he played was, well stood out season. stood out as being excellent in the Premiership. So yeah, um, and but there was also Johnny May and Manu Tuilagi. So. Yeah. Despite their poor season, the Leicester players performed amazingly for England. So, so I, it, I don't, I personally don't think. It, even I'm the one who brought it up. I personally don't think it's going to be a major issue. But it's it's something to bear one in to mind. Watch. I mean, 
Yeah, because if you looked at it, if you if you hadn't watched any rugby you came and you looked at form from World Cup and being, you'd look and be like, England are going to walk this Six Nations. But England probably have a lot going on behind the scenes, a lot more than other, you know, the other nations. And I know everyone will say, like, a lot of the other nations have made changes. So you've got Andy Farrell come in, Wayne Pivak come in, like, as new coaches and things. But they've... Like, Ireland and Wales, maybe not Wales, but Ireland was shit in the World Cup. I mean, they, they can only go forward. Wales um, Wales are just well, so, you, you know, whatever. But, but this, is, Scott, this is, Dan, this is the big unknown, isn't it, though? This is why we need we need the Six Nations to kick off. We need to see, yeah. what's, we need to see what's actually going on. Because, you know, yeah, we can speculate um, about, you know, what the impact, what the psychological impact of various things, are, uh, you know, what's that going to have on, on the England side and how they perform and... And and the answer is we just don't know until we see it. You know they're going to be doing their thing. They're not going to be talking about it in in the in the media. We're going to find out. Um, you know next weekend um, when they when they play France. Um, I don't think it's going to have an impact because as I say, apart from anything else, I think it's too soon um, to to see the the impact of all of this. Um, but it could it could do. You're right. Uh, uh, and it's going to be very interesting to kind of witness what happens, um, you know. And, and I suppose at that point we'll be in a position to then go, you know, what what are the concerns here and how do they deal with it? Okay, yeah, yeah, no, completely. And and that's the thing; it's so unknown. And we're talking in generalizations massively here. Next week we'll go more into the squad and and more into the team because it'll obviously be announced. So. Couple of couple of so first question for you, what is a good result this Six Nations for England? Everything in mind. What 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 I think what make what's a good Six Nations for England? A grand slam. That's a good. one. It has to be. I mean, obviously, it's a good one, but I think what's a bad one? To to be honest, I think losing a game. So so if we don't win the grand slam, but we still win the Six Nations, is that a bad? I mean, comeback. No, of course it's not. But then, who did we lose to, and why, and how did it come about? Yeah. Um, so, so I think they've got to be going into this, going, look, we're World Cup finalists. We beat the world champions convincingly in a World Cup semi-final. Um, you know, compared to the other home nations, you know, we outperformed all of them, both in terms of the result and the actual performances themselves, bar the final. Um, you know, we, we we're making less changes than most. You know, we have an incredibly experienced squad, and I think you have to be going into this into this Six Nations saying, you know, looking at the oppositions, is there is there are there any games in this Six Nations that we would consider to be acceptable losses? And the answer to me for me is no. So I think, I agree. I think um, I think the minimum minimum expectation is a Grand Slam. Yeah, so I but I think caveated with the fact that we don't know what all these other teams and the, and their various changes, you know, what what they're gonna translate into. But from England's point point of view, going into the Six Nations, it has to be unbeaten, and we'll and we'll come up with excuses if we have to <laughs> further into the competition. Yeah, it's uh, it's, so that's I I think I think that's exactly it. It will be interested to uh, interesting to see what um, uh, like how we perform. I I believe 
if we if we we need to win the Six Nations. If we don't win it, it's a bad one. If we have a loss, depending on the circumstances, can potentially let it go because I I can't remember the exact fixtures, but um, it's we've got some bad ones with regards to who we've got away, don't we? So, firstly, coming to that, France away is that a, is that a dangerous match? I mean, you, you have to troll, bring out the old, uh, you know, which France will turn up thing, don't you? But, but, <laughs> that, you know, that, France is a very young, it's a very young squad. Um, you know, we, we know that that can be dangerous in any in any team. Um, they've all got something to prove. But but will will they? You know, will will they come together as a team? Is there is what is there something fundamentally missing from French rugby? You know, at the at the elite level, that that just means that these players, as good as they might be as individuals, just don't perform. Or, or is it absolutely going to gel? And in which case, we come away from that game going, okay, fair enough. You know, France is a serious team that we need to, to watch out for. You know, this is the other thing. Eddie's very good at preparing the team for the game in front of them. Apart from the World Cup final, apparently, um, and with all the changes going on post the World Cup. It's very difficult to know what that team looks like and therefore how to best prepare for it. So we could get caught napping. Um, it, it's, it, it's just very difficult to call, I think. Uh, but yeah, you know, France could, could well be dangerous. I'm not sure that necessarily playing in France is the problem. Um, that hasn't really been an issue for, for a while. But the problem with France is they have got this is always the case, but now I'd say probably as much ever, they have got such unbelievable talent. How they manage to mess, to screw that up every time they hit the pitch is beyond me. But I mean, it's a, the, the, t- the France game's massive, don't forget, because of the game that got cancelled during the World Cup. England yeah. against France, that never happened. So they're going to have a point to prove. They're going to want to say, um, you know, England made a, made a World Cup final, but we never got our chance to derail them. Um, you know, this is this is our chance to show what could have been. Um, not that it would have made a difference at that stage. I don't think. I think the I think the the cancellation of the game resulted in the same result. The, the, anyway, didn't it? Or, or would France winning have put them through top? Uh, I don't. Do you know what, mate? I can't even remember. I don't I think what, it would have. How, over, how overall, I don't they, think they didn't lose any other games, though, did they? Uh, oh no! I, but, they, I, I, but they but they they beat Argentina narrowly and probably shouldn't have, didn't yeah. they? Early on, so so. Oh, so so if if France had won, I think it would have been one of those where actually a France win would have um, made us. They would have won the um, group, but then we would have actually arguably had an easier run in. Yeah, but. You know, it's hard to know. And South Africa beat us on the day in the final, like having cheated. Would they have cheated if we'd met them earlier on? Who knows? Well, maybe not, exactly. Um, um, so, uh, yeah, uh, France in France, the in France part isn't isn't a massive concern. Um, Scotland in Scotland, it shouldn't be a problem, but you never know with Scotland, do you? This is like... like well, we, need, we need to beat the fucking Scots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. well, they've, they've held on to, they've retained wow. the, uh, or, or won the Calcutta Cup for the last couple of years. So we need it back. It needs to come back yeah. to its home um, at HQ. So that has I, to be a convincing win. Ireland just looked a shadow of their former selves during the World Cup. So 
you know, and and despite that, even when people were still claiming that they were potential con- World Cup contenders, World Cup you know finalists, um, England still convincingly beat them in all of the sort of build up in the last Six Nations. That that should just continue. Wales obviously made lots of changes, but we got them at Twickenham, so so that should be a win. And Italy. So I, I just England have to be going out there thinking this is this is our better. Our better draw, isn't it? Because we have Wales and Ireland at home. Yeah. France, Scotland and Italy away. It's when we've got Ireland in Dublin and Wales in Cardiff that it becomes more of a... You never know, because both those teams have the potential to do something Yeah, exactly. If if we win win, uh, a week today, we're, we're grand time winners. Actually, you, oh, you, so you, know you think what? France is the is the the one? I, I think France will be the toughest game. Okay. Uh, actually, screw that. I'm going to change it. We we will win the Grand Slam easily. <laughs> I, uh, I, I feel like they've got the players. I mean, there, there's also a lot of injuries. We're, as I say, we will come on to this next week. But there's there's some there's some big names unavailable for England. So there's that to consider too. Um, which is you know which is we we, we will look into in more depth, but. Um, you know, there's some important players who are not going to be available. So, but but equally, that's a massive test of our strength and depth, which we know yeah. exists in abundance. Our, our, our strength and depth is better than any other country in yeah, the world. Yeah, yeah, and people go, yeah, yeah, but of course it is. It should be. Well, okay, it doesn't matter whether it should be or not. It is. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. We do, we, we don't give a shit whether it should or shouldn't be. It is. Um, so, mate, it's good to be back. It is good to be back. It's good to be back talking rugby. Um, but I'm the same as you. I don't get me wrong. I love rugby and still been watching it and things. But my my bro- I haven't been as intensely focused as I had been perhaps in the years running up after that World Cup loss. That 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 hurt. That hurt. 2015. <laughs> well, that, that, that hurt as well. Okay, but, sorry. Uh, you said the years running up. Well, as in the years running up to this World Cup, so 2015, yes, yes, 2019, yes. just everything was England rugby. Like, I literally lived my life based on England rugby. And the last few months, I perhaps have prioritised other things such as family, which is, I know, poor form. But now I am now back to the England rugby status. Good, good, good. Um, I hope the missus isn't listening, but I'm sure she's not. Um so, mate, this is awesome. I'm really looking forward to Six Nations. I'm looking forward to what, you know, some of the players we've got in the squad, what team we're going to put out. But we will go through that next week. Indeed, indeed. I think that the bottom line, the Six Nations doesn't matter. It doesn't have a... Oh, it matters. It, it matters to us, to you and I, to you and, I and, to the, and to the listeners and to the fans. And, but, but it doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things because we're beginning now our journey... To, to winning the 2023 World Cup in France. Um, and, and what happens over the course of the next few weeks doesn't matter. But in some ways, that's a good thing because it means that these guys can go out there and despite all of the sort of stuff that's going on in the background, they can go out there and they can just kind of let loose. You know, there's not a huge amount of pressure, I guess, is the, the point. Um, which I think is a good thing because it gives them the opportunity to just go out and and maybe just put not so much the doubters 
externally, but if there's any doubt you know, within the camp, it gives them an opportunity just to go, this doesn't have to matter. You know, we are still you know, a solid unit. We got to where we got to in that World Cup for a reason. Um, and I you know, wholly expect to see um, you know, some great rugby from these guys. And I think we'll come away really positive and, and having set out a, a clear message sent out a clear message as to as to what's what's coming um it's gonna be a massive four years but um yeah a big four weeks before that five weeks however long it is six weeks <laughs> yeah yeah seven weeks whatever seven, it eight is eight weeks nine yeah <laughs> yeah however long the competition uh, lasts i think it's about six weeks yeah it's um it's exciting guys if you're listening thanks for coming back uh sorry for a break but we we needed it. We needed it. it hurt. You um, needed it. I did need no, it. No, not I you. The it. listeners. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. They, they, they may not know it, them. but they did. They needed They needed a break Ooh. from listening break, to a... you. I mean, us. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I wouldn't argue with either one. No, true. Um, true. <laughs> Guys, thanks so much for tuning back in. Um, I'm sure that there'll be people who perhaps have given up on us thinking that we'd given up. Hopefully you will. Find this again, find us again, and, uh, and join us throughout the Six Nations. Um, as we always used to say, and as we're going to say now, uh, rate us, review us, let us know what you think. Get in touch if you've got questions, if you've got things you want us to, to cover. Um, you know, this is still uh, a, a fan zone podcast. This is about um, you guys and what you know, and, and us and talking about what's going on with this England rugby team. And we're going to follow them as closely as we can all the way to victory in 2023 we came one result short in our last series this series it's about going all the way um and uh, yeah we will be back don't know when yet some point next week maybe even a couple of episodes next week um but we'll certainly be with you throughout the six nations um and we will be uh yeah looking forward to, looking forward to it england it's 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 rugby it's england rugby and it's back excellent excellent mate good to be back and we'll uh be back in a few days. Catch you next week.